Good day. Today is Thursday, July 6, 2023, and you're listening to the Jeff Casella program. It's time for a little bit of humor. Things I learned from mom. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. This is what she said. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. How about this? My mother taught me religion. You better pray that will come out of the carpet. Or this one. My mother taught me about time travel. You don't straighten up. I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. <laughs> My mother taught me about logic because I said so. That's why. How many times have we heard that? My mother taught me uh, foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear just in case you're in a car accident or any type of accident. My mother taught me irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. How about this one? My mother taught me about contortionism. Will you look at that dirt on the back of your neck? How about stamina? This is what she taught me. You'll sit there until all that spinach is gone. <laughs> My mother taught me about weather. This room of yours looks as if a tornado went through it. How about her teaching you about hypocrisy? If I told you once, I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. Ouch. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when you get home. <laughs> My mother taught me about medical science. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll just never grow up. My mother taught me about genetics. You're just like your father. My mother taught me wisdom. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. My mother taught me about my roots. Shut that door behind you. Do you think you were born in a barn? And finally, here's the favorite. My mother taught me about justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Wasn't that wonderful? Oh, a little bit of humor, but I'm sure we can all remember when our mothers actually said that. And now at our age, we probably said that to our kids who are now turning around and saying that to their kids. Here's a little something just after July 4th, the great day of independence for our great 
nation, America. And I think this is very timely. The article written is, freedom is not free. Now think about this. Have you ever wondered what happened to the 56, that's right, 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Let's see what they were. Five signees were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and banned and burned. That's right, burned. Two lost their sons serving the Revolution Army, Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. They signed and they pledged their lives. Not only that, their fortunes and their sacred honor. So you have to wonder about these folks. What 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 did they actually do? I mean, 24 were lawyers and jurists. 11 were merchants. Nine were farmers and large plantation owners. They were minimines. They were well-educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Look at one. Let's, let's take Carter Braxton of Virginia. Now, he was a wealthy planner and trader. He saw his ships swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home, his properties, in order to pay his debts. And here's how he died in rags. Thomas McKeem was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him and poverty was his reward. Vandals or soldiers looted the properties of Mr. Dillery, Mr. Hall, Mr. Clymer, Walton, Mr. Gwinnett, Mr. Hayward, Mr. Rutledge, and Mr. Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British, the British General Cornwallis, in fact, had taken over his home for his headquarters. He quietly urged General George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed and Mr. Nelson went bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and his gristmill were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves and returning home, only to find his wife dead and his children vanished. Yes. 
Freedom is not free. And we are living in a society here in the United States where we are losing many of our freedoms each and every day. Fellow American, we must be better prepared to protect these freedoms. A little bit of humor. And on more of a serious note, from July 4th, about our fellow signers of the Declaration of Independence and what happened to many of these men who gave their lives for our freedom. Let us never forget and let us always be mindful that God is the father of our country and our creator. Before we begin the Bible portion of the podcast, I want to turn to the economic segment where I was reading about the dollar's dominance and the possibility that its days may be numbered. Very interesting uh, that the new international alliances or BRICS threaten the dollar's dominance. Very, very good article that I was reading uh, and There are some thoughts that I wanted to share with you concerning BRICS and to give you some insight as to the possibilities for the next coming years. It's so interesting to see that uh, BRICS, according to Investopedia, stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They're countries that some believe will be the dominant suppliers of manufactured goods, services, and raw materials by 2050. BRIC, without South Africa, is an acronym that was coined by Goldman Sachs economist Jim O'Neill for the economic bloc of developing countries of Brazil, Russia, India, and China. That dominance would be driven by their low labor and production costs. Well, of course, critics have argued that the nation's raw materials were limitless and growth models ignored the finite nature of fossil fuels, uranium, and other critical, heavily used resources. So let's begin a little bit about brick or bricks. You see, over time, the brick nations realized that they had become stronger together. A Euronews article at the time of their very first group summit reported that they were calling for a more diversified, stable, and predictable international monetary system. Here's a key point. 
with Russia taking aim at the United States dollars reserve currency status. Now this is a uh, brick wants more influence June 16, 2009. The BRIC countries then accounted for 15% of the global economy, double that of a decade before. According to one estimate, the BRICs, and this is with South Africa added, the BRICs expansion under consideration would create an entity with a GDP 30% larger than the United States. Over 50% of the global population and in control of 60% of global gas reserves. Think about that with Ukraine. Now this came from the new candidate countries for BRICS expansion, Silk Road Briefing, November 9th, 2022. BRIC nations are presently working on a new form of currency. According to Russia's State Duma Deputy Chairman, Alexander Babakov, B-A-B-A-K-O-V. Such a currency could be backed by, or perhaps more likely pegged to the value of the following, gold, rare earth elements, or other groups of products with a single BRICS currency not being out of the question. Where does this come from? BRICS, B-R-I-C-S, working on a new form of currency. State Duma Deputy Chairman Sputnik, March 30th, 2023. The World Gold Council reported that central banks are accumulating gold at the fastest pace on record in the first two months of 2023. This comes from Central Bank's gold buying spree, implications for the global economy and investors. Out of Forbes, April 10th, 2023. The largest purchasers include, guess who? Russia, China, and India, with Singapore leading the way. Three of four are BRICS nations. Furthermore, for the first time ever, BRICS countries' share of the global economy has surpassed that of the G7 nations. Who are they? Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom, and the United States on a purchasing parity basis. In simple terms, purchasing power parity, PPP, is a measure that arrives that a theoretical exchange rate at which the same amount of goods and services can be purchased across countries. Economists adjust GDP, gross domestic product, using PPP when comparing the economic strength of, e of economies to one another. 
while the share of GDP of G7 nations, now this is based on PPP, or PPP is purchasing power parity, reduced from 50.42% of the world's GDP in 1982 to 30.39% in 2022, 40 years later. The share of GDP of BRICS nations increased from 10.66% in 1982 to 31.59% in 2022. This came from how BRICS countries have overtaken the G7 in GDP based on PPPs from the Times of India, April 9th, 2023. Now with BRICS beginning to outpace the G7 in terms of purchasing power, in terms of purchasing power parity adjusted global GDP, more and more countries will want to do business the BRICS way. Think about that. Money being backed by Russia, by India, by China, by South Africa, with the many resources that these countries have, and with the amount of debt that the United States has, is fatal as we think. Already France, here's one, has used RMB to bypass the dollar when it bought liquefied natural gas. You're hearing about that more and more from the UAE through the Shanghai Petroleum and Natural Gas Exchange. And this comes from uh, Reuters. China completes first yuan settled LNG trade, March 29th, 2023. Remember the national gas where it jumped so high and is jumping so high? This came after China's President Xi Ping called for making full use of the exchange for international oil and gas trades. Along with that came a message of non-interference in the domestic affairs of nations using the RMB, sharply contrasting the willingness of the United States to sanction countries which operate domestic policies it does not support. And this came from Reuters again China's Z calls for oil trade in Yuan at Gulf Summit in Riyadh, December 10th, 2022. Well, this has also caught the attention of Iran and Saudi Arabia. Enticed by Beijing and the BRICS potential, 
the adversarial countries restored diplomatic relations with each other, emboldening China to further expand its global influence by offering to broker peace between Israel and the Palestinians next. This came from The Guardian. China ready to broker Israel-Palestine peace talks, says foreign minister, dated April 17, 2023. BRICS nations are beginning to feel comfortable taking the lead on the world stage. And boy, they are. So sound the alarm. The bricks are coming. The dollar has been challenged. The debt is increasing. The economy stumbles. We have painful inflation. We have countries that truthfully are against the United States ready to replace the dollar. And yet we as a country here in the United States sit idly like a bunch of ostriches or with their head in the sand. Sad, but true. And, and now you see and we are feeling greatly the pressures of the economy, not only affecting us here in the United States, but also worldwide. Heaven, can't wait. Come ever so quickly, Lord Jesus. Heaven will actually be coming to this earth. The Lord Jesus will come to this earth. He will stand on the mount. He will come in all his glory. We should build upon the excitement of being a Christian in the knowledge, in the hope, and in the blessing that he cometh. And what will heaven be like? What will heaven on earth be like? How will it change? How will it be perfected? Who will be running all of this? What kind of government will we have? What, what, uh, where will we live? What will our health be? These are the questions that the Bible answers. And today is the day that I want to give you some wonderful thoughts, ideas, and Bible verses to establish what it's going to be like with heaven on earth. Now think about this. The day of the restoration, and that's what we all call it, when all things will be restored perfectly. Is the day that we as Christians look forward to. Instead of our going to heaven for eternity, heaven comes to us. 
the Lord is truly coming to us. Jesus is coming. He says so. Heaven will be on earth. And with heaven being on earth will come the blessings that will flow from our Lord Jesus. Praise God. So let's delve into the scriptures because we'll be in the book of both Isaiah and Zechariah. So I ask you to get your Bibles and so we can begin with the restoration of all things and the excitement that we will have when our Lord Jesus comes. I hope you're excited as I am. I look forward to this time. My, my spouse and I look, the tr look truly forward to the time when Jesus comes. Let's begin. I think in all things we must have and be established with a perfect king. Who is this king? Please turn with me to Isaiah 11, 1 through 4. And it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Okay, I think that if you look in Matthew under the tree of the generations, you will see the rod out of the stem of Jesse. So we now have established that we have a perfect king. And his name is Jesus. And where is he going to establish his kingdom? He will establish his kingdom. And please turn with me to Zechariah, Zechariah 8, verses 3 and 4. Zechariah 8, 3 and 4. This is what the Lord says. I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth and the mountain or the nation of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem each with cane in hand because of his age. The city streets will be filled 
with boys and girls playing there. Now, please turn with me to Zechariah 14, 3 and 4. Zechariah 14, 3 and 4. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand where? On the Mount of Olives, east of where? Jerusalem. And the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. On the Mount of Olives, Jesus spoke with his disciples about the end times, that in Matthew 24. Near this mountain, an angel promised that Jesus would return in the same manner as he left. Think about that. You can look it up and see it in both Acts 111 and Ezekiel 11.23. So we have established the perfect king, which is Jesus. We've established where the perfect king will establish his kingdom. So let's look at Jesus's government, the perfect theocracy. Now, let's work upon the theocracy first. I challenge you to say that fast three times, theocracy. Turn again with me to Isaiah chapter 9. These will be verses that you and I are very, very familiar with. Isaiah chapter 9. For it says in verses six and seven, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, if that is a perfection, I don't know what is. So is, we have established the perfect theocracy, the perfect king, where the king is going to establish his government. Oh, and as a, let's, let's talk about his perfect government. Turn with me to Isaiah again, chapter 2. Verses 2 and 3. 
Now think about this, a couple things. Wouldn't you like to be around when Isaiah was around? You want to talk about knowledge that he received. This is truly amazing. And if someone were to come back to you under uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and 6 and say about David, look again in the beginning of Matthew where each of the generations are shown and you will see David's right in the middle. If you look at every seven generations of, of uh, men that were born and Jesus's tree, uh, David is in there. It's just amazing how everything intertwines together and the perfection of the Bible. Isaiah 2, verses 2 and 3. In the last days, the mountain or the nation of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains or the nations. The temple will be established. Now we know we know where the temple is going to be established. We've already done that. And we show that we, it will be established. It will be raised above the hills. And all nations will stream into it. All nations. Many people will come and say, come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, up to the mountain, up to the nation. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You see, the law is going to go out all over. People from all over are going to come to this magnificent place. What a magnificent place. But why? Why? What will it be like? Why go there? Well, turn with me to Isaiah 35, 1 and 2. Isaiah 35, 1 and 2. This is why we want to go there. This is why we want to be there. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and bloom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. As I read this, I think about a beautiful kingdom. This being the final kingdom. Where God, where Jesus will establish 
both as justice and destroy all evil. Yippee! Now we mentioned Carmel and Sharon, and of course these were regions of thick vegetation and fertile soil. I think that would give you a symbol or symbols of plenty and productivity. What a beautiful area. What a beautiful area. But that's not only it. Now, uh, please turn with me to uh, Isaiah. Again. Isaiah 30, verse 23. Isaiah 30, verse 23. Let's get into this just a little bit deeper. He will also send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground. So we'll be working. And the food that comes from the land will be rich and plentiful. In that day, your cattle will graze in broad meadows. The oxen and the donkeys that work the soil will eat fodder and mash, spread out with fork and shovel. And in verse 26, it says, the moon will shine like the sun and the sunlight will be seven, seven times brighter like the light of seven full days when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds he inflicted. Now, if you think you're going to get and you're going to need sunscreen and you're going to get burnt, it's not going to happen because let's turn to let's turn back to Isaiah 35 5 and 6 and see why let's talk about perfect health I don't know about you but I don't have perfect health but I'm thankful for the health I, get, I do have. And this will give you a little bit of an idea. Let's start with verse 5. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. There or then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. That's right, for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground, bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay. Grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. 
Wow. Isn't that amazing? We'll have eyes to see, ears to hear. We'll have perfect bodies in essence. And I, I think that that uh, God talks about this further through Isaiah. In Isaiah 65, please turn with me to Isaiah 65. This is so much information, but it's so wonderful. As we've been given the picture of the perfect earth with the perfect the perfect theocracy I don't have the words of how wonderful this kingdom is going to be it's beyond my reach and when you think about this please understand this is for eternity folks this isn't for like a hundred years or 10,000 years. This is for eternity. So think about this on uh, Isaiah 65. Let's begin with verse 17. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Well, we may remember our loved ones, we may have some semblance of our loved ones. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. No more war. Just people taking their swords and beating them into plowshares. Never again will, will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. Wow, how wonderful. And we go to the opposite of the spectrum or an old man who does not live out his years. Here, he who dies in a hundred will be thought a mere youth. He who dies a hundred, a hundred years will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. So your food won't be taken from you. You'll share it with other people because the Lord says we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are to give plentifully and we have multiple talents and we can all share them and we will share them in the spirit of love and in the competitive way 
of not trying to outbeat another person, but to help the other people, to do it in a loving way, in a way of giving, in a way of being least in order to be the greatest. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. And I'm sure that in your yard, you have many old trees. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. And whatever talents that you have presently, please use them. For those talents will be taken into the kingdom. They will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune. Hmm. Looks as though we may bear children. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord. They and their debt descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. Isn't that amazing? Truly, absolutely amazing. Perfect bodies. We will have the divine protection. We will have the perfect world order. And all things will be given, will be given to the glory of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I can tell you, I'm ready. I am truly, truly ready. I think this will be exciting. So, before we finish the lesson, I ask that you uh, turn to the nation of the Lord in Micah, chapter 4. Verses 1 through 5. Micah 4, after Isaiah, verses 1 through 5. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. I think we've spoken of this in the past. It will be raised above the hills and peoples will stream into it. it. Means people from all over the world. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Again, if you look at your genealogies in Matthew, you'll see where Jacob's mentioned. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Isn't it amazing that this word will go out the same as in today's world by the internet, we can send things from all over the world. That's how quickly our technology has advanced. 
how quickly Jesus and the overcomers will be able to get word out all over the world. And people will know this and people will stream into this, this wonderful place, this, this nation, this mountain of the Lord. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. There will be no more armies, no more navies, no more air forces, no more marines. No more soldiers going to war. Every man will sit under his own vine and under his own fig tree. And no one will make them afraid for the Lord Almighty has spoken. No more crime. No more bad health. No more crime. No more doctors. No more nurses. No more lawyers. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods. We will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, forever and ever. There will be no lameness, no loss of eyesight, no deafness. Our bodies will be transformed. What an amazing time. I'm going to tell you, as a Christian, you ought to be so excited for what's for what is today and for what is the future. I mean, we are we are truly thrilled to be living today, and I truly believe that we are in the cups cusp of the end of the age, where Jesus will come. He will come in the clouds, and he will establish his kingdom. Now, as we finish this lesson, let's look at divine protection because we have established the kingdom rules, if you want to call them that. I think in any kingdom, where God or Jesus is head, we have, if you want to call it an order or the order, and we have established how people will be, how his government is formed, where he's going to be, and that there would be no war but I like for the Bible to speak for itself so in case questions come upon well what about whether it be Satan or what about war or what about man going against man let's see what the Bible says Isaiah 13, 1 and 2. 
But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they will they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord, thy God, the Holy One of Israel, the Savior. He is. We we don't have to worry as a Christian when the end time comes and Jesus establishes a kingdom. For like a shepherd, he will watch over his flock, every one. And if one is missing, all will glorify when that one is found. What a wonderful blessed time this is going to be and i can only tell you that if you're not a christian uh, you're going to miss out you really want to be one you want to be there when the time comes when and the time is now to profess and be a christian to enjoy the blessings that he gives you both in this day and the day to come. I encourage you to go to my website, understandinggodslaws.com for I do write articles and uh, I, I love doing the, the podcast and I love getting the word out to people. And I, I want folks to know that these aren't fairy tales. If God says it, we can take that to the bank. And I am so full of hope and, and, and so, I guess, pumped up, if you want to say that, about knowing that this heaven, this redemption, this place, when he comes to establish his kingdom, I want to be there. But I also want you to be there. I want all my loved ones to be there. I want all those that I come in contact to be there. Because it will be a blessed place. Not for one year. Not for 10 years. Not for 100 years. But for eternity. And we can only look forward to the next chapter, if you want to call that, in the restoration of the kingdom. May God bless you. And I ask you to read the Bible and to read these words and be encouraged in the word of God. Thank you for listening.